service here together as it's our the, the long weekend here and we do our fam jam celebration. I'm actually kind of feeling like it's a, like I'm a part-time worker today because I'm so used to doing two services, like I'm getting a, a little bit of a break here today. But I want to say to everybody that's here today that we just are so glad uh, that you're here. Uh, we know that a lot of people are trying to get that last camping trip in or do those things. And unfortunately for all of us, it's rained a little bit. But you know what? We're still going to have a great day together for those of you that are here. I believe that. We're still going to eat some food, have some fun, spend a lot of time talking together. And again, I also want to give a big thank you to everybody that is a part of youth camp. But let's, I really want to say thank you because they won't do it for themselves to Naomi, Pastor Michael, all of our youth leaders. Let's give them a hand here today for just... Unless you have led a camp, it is like an enduro competition. It's just a, it's, it's, it never stops. It's like 20 hours on, four kind of off. That's kind of how it goes day after day. So great job. And, and, it, and it touched me when she talked about the nine kids that gave their hearts to, to Jesus. Um, for me, there is actually some personal uh, significance and blessing that kids that I've coached for many years in baseball that have come a part of our church they're part of that crowd, and I just am so blessed and thankful, and God is, God is good when we put our trust and our faith in him today. Well, as today is Fam Jam Sunday, it's a time really to celebrate kind of a transition from summer to fall, and, and for me in my life, um, the calendar doesn't really change a whole lot when it comes to like December 31st of January. For me, this is really the beginning of a new year. I don't know if you think about it because I've had kids in school and I've got uh, one going to college now this year. I've got, uh, you know, one entering high school. It's like, this is where the big changes happen. And so for the kids, it's kind of a sad moment in time because their summer is over. For most of us as parents, it's a happy time because our kids are going to be going back to school and we're actually going to be able to do some things without them sitting on the couch or, or being wherever they, they're, what they're doing. And so I think it's a, it's a wonderful time of the year. And uh, I just want you to remember that we're going to have a picnic afterward. But as today is fam jam, I want to be starting to talk a bit over the next few weeks just about family or what I want to call family values. Now, when I mention the word family, and I want some participation here today, what are some words that come to mind? If you can give me like a one word thing that when it comes to family, you can just kind of shout it out to me. Love. love. I heard love. Okay. Laughter. I hear laughter. What else? Somebody out back there was saying something? Warmth? War? Okay. All right. Some families, I guess. That's, that's true. What'd you? Covenant. I heard the word covenant. What's that? Caring. Caring. Anybody else over here? I haven't got any. Acceptance. Friendship. Awesome. Good words. Good thoughts. You know, for the most part, uh, the words that we have are quite positive about when it comes to our, our families. When I think of family, 
I have these thoughts, and you guys pretty much hit most of them. I think about belonging and acceptance as part of family, a place where you are free to be yourself. Uh, You know, when you're with your family, you don't have to wear your makeup. You don't have to always comb your hair. You don't have to do your best. You can kind of just be with people. I also believe this about family. It's a place of identity, a place where where we... are with people who are like ourselves. We, I don't know if you've been around family members and people, they laugh the same a lot of times. They, they use the same expressions. They usually have similar values. I look at family as well as a place of safety and protection, a place where you can feel safe. How about, I heard the word laughter, warmth and laughter, um, a place to have fun. I still remember uh, my, my family kind of had some difficult things in our lives, but there were times when we'd go to Grandpa and Grandma's house for Christmas, and we'd all be together playing games. I don't know if you had these kind of things. There'd be silly jokes, even petty arguments. I don't know if you've ever had people fight over the games that you're playing. But what I remember most were the times of laughter where there was just joy in being together. You see, for the past year or so, Our statement at Eastside has been becoming family together. On an offshoot of our purpose statement, which is becoming church together, I want to say this, that we love family at Eastside. We want to see more families come to Eastside. Can I hear an amen? We want to create a greater family atmosphere here at Eastside because I believe the church should be family or a growing family. Now, it's not that we have it all figured out. i got to be honest with you. When it comes to these things, I don't feel like God has given me or any of us all the answers, but it doesn't diminish the value that we place on family. Now, I know this, that when I look at the Bible, that church family is important to God as well. Would you agree with me? Because he uses terms like household and family are used to talk about Christian community in the Bible. In fact, Paul says this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. I believe it is important for people to understand that when you become a Christ follower, we've got to remind ourselves of this, you now become part, become part of a much larger family, that you're part of a bigger group of people who here realizes that, you know, it's not just about us having our own faith and doing things our own way and kind of keeping to ourselves. You see, that is a philosophy that is kind of prevalent in, in, in some believers today that you can just serve God all by yourself. You don't really need this kind of gathering or these kind of people. But I believe God's called us to walk together in family, in community. You see, I I believe that God relates to us in the Bible many times in family terms. We are called what? Sons and daughters by God. We are children of God. We are to refer to him. In fact, his favorite way for us to approach him is to call him what? Father, that we are to look at him as our father. So I would say that family is important to us because the strongest relationships our family relationships. Ephesians 2, 17, 19 also says this. It says, He came and preached 
preach peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him we have both access to the Father by one spirit. Now here's what it says. I love this in verse 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and are also members of his household. We are members of the household of God. But why is it then that maybe family at times is harder for us to really engage with when it comes to the church? Well, I believe there's a couple reasons. The truth is the church is bigger than your standard family. (laughs) Would you agree with me? You know, just sitting here today, if I say, we are all family, you're like, yes, but it's not quite the same as our natural biological family where we have maybe four to ten of us that we kind of relate to in in a very close manner. The challenge is this, when you start talking about family in a larger group, is that it's impossible for each one of us to be close to everybody. As much as I want to. Man, the Lord knows that I've tried. I, I feel like one of the things that I have is a very big heart. I, I just, I wish I could get, uh, spend time with everybody. In fact, I had somebody one time come up to me after church and say, Pastor Todd, you know what you need to, to do? And I said, what? He's like, you should meet with every family in the church this year. And I was like, Wow. That sounds awesome. Doesn't that sound awesome? Wouldn't that be great if we could sit and dine together? But I said, you know, I said, do you understand something? He's like, what? I said, there's probably 300 families in our church. So if I met with everybody once a year, man, that that would take a long time if I did it every single day. And I'd only meet with you once every couple years. I don't think that's real relationship. But the challenge is, is that, it's larger and it's bigger. So we have to do some things differently and, and, and that's always the, the uh, uh, tug and pull when it comes to uh, our relationships. We have to remember that when it came to Jesus, he only had 12 disciples. He had many followers, but lots of disciples. Why am I sharing this? Not to discourage you like, Pastor, you're talking about us being family. Because I believe every one of us within the church has our tribe or our small group of people that we're called to relate to, that we're called to grow closer with, that we're called to build even more family so that it pours into our larger community. I believe that with all my heart. And the second challenge that we face is that when it comes to our church family, we daily have to choose to become part of this family. Unfortunately for my kids, they didn't get to choose whether I was their dad or not. Now, maybe they'll say that's fortunate, but they they don't have a choice in it. Regardless of what happens in life, no matter what happens, they are stuck with me as their dad forever. (laughs) But when it comes to church, we kind of have more of the freedom to say, I'm embracing you or I'm connecting with you. And the challenge is is that we have to choose to do this every day. And it's not always easy. When you are unhappy with things, it's easy sometimes to say, you know what, I don't like that family. I'm going to find another family. You see, those are the challenges that we face as we're trying to grow community. So how do we work through this? What do we do? Well, We have to understand that different families have different ways of doing things or different values. I don't know about you. There's people I know that that it's it's fully okay to have dinner while sitting in front of the television. 
There's other families where that would be the gravest sin you could ever commit. If you are not at the dinner table, sitting with your family, having a conversation. I know that there are some families that when you have dinner, no devices, no phones, no iPads. Other people, man, they're texting the whole time. People have different types of values. How about this? Um, There's families where it's okay for people to stop by their house whenever they the Spirit moves them. They knock on the, it's an always a welcoming place. Some of you, I know that you're like that. In fact, you are excited when people do it. There's other people that you need to make an appointment three months in advance because that's not how they do things. That's not how they roll. As a church, we have values that are important as well. Some that are similar to other church families, but also attributes that make us unique. These values are not everything, when I share these today, that we believe as an Eastside family, but there are some that I want to emphasize today that I believe God wants to continue to help us grow in, remind us of th- that these things are important to us, and that we're, going to con- that we're going to focus on these even as we move forward. So what's some of the values? i got four things today I want to talk about. Four values that we have. Now, some things I'm going to mention, you're going to be like, yes. Other things you're going to be like, how come that's not on the list? Well, hold on here. We've got a few weeks that we're going to share things, but here's what I want to start off with today. Here's value number one. We value the presence of God. I don't know about you, but there's nothing better than when you can experience God's presence. I love the fact that when we talk about Jesus, we talk about our Heavenly Father, we're not talking about some impersonal being that sits out in the universe that, that we, can't, we, don't, we don't know whether they love us or they care about us. No, we're talking about a God that desires to touch people's lives. That there's a God that, that, that wants to come and meet with us, that wants to come and, and speak to us, that wants to move among his people. In fact, I believe, I believe God has put in my heart and my spirit that God is speaking to me more about He's like, I want to touch people more when it comes to their coming together and their meeting with me. But we have to understand this. That is, well, how do we experience more of God's presence In Psalms chapter 22, verse 3, it says this, God inhabits the praises of his people. That when we come together and we worship him and we put our hearts out to God, that that good things happen, that great things happen. But here's the challenge that we have to understand when it comes to experiencing more of God's presence. In James 4, verse 8, he says, this is God speaking, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Well, how do we draw near to him? Well, we do it, one of the ways we do it is through praise and worship. I just talked about that. It's why we come together on Sunday mornings and we do things like clap our hands. We do things like sing songs. We, we sometimes maybe even shout a little bit. We, we lift our hands. Why? Because it's where we say, you know what, for these moments, God, I'm not focusing on anything else around me. I'm putting my focus and my attention on you. You see, these physical things that we do are are sacrificial acts of worship that that we talked about this a a few months ago, that that it's our flesh that we, we have to get past ourselves and we have to say, God, you know what? I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care what people think. I'm gonna draw closer to you. And that when we do that, 
he manifests himself in our lives and to the people around us. You see, the cool thing about God is that he, this isn't just something he says to us, it's a promise that he gives us, that if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Now, I remember, you know, that there were times when it came to my own relationships, and maybe I'll just talk about my relationship with Jan here a little bit, before we were married. I'm sorry her parents are here. They're going to have to hear this today. My kids are going to have to hear some things. So I remember when we were, we were starting to, to get to know each other. We were beginning to fall in love or like or whatever you call it. And I remember the, the time that we were, we were, we were walking. And I wanted, to, I wanted to hold her hand. And there's that moment where you're like, what if I reach out and she doesn't reach back? You know what I'm talking about? The, the heart beats a little bit faster. You're kind of, you know, because we, nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody wants to, to experience that, you know, you're reaching out. And I, maybe because there were other points in my life, we're not going to talk about all that, where I reached out to someone and they didn't reach back at you. You, you know, it's not, it's not fun. The cool thing is, is God's not like that. You see, we got to remember God's not like that. When we reach out to him, and by the way, she did hold my hand, so it was a, the rest is, is history. Um, another message. Um, but we are talking about family. Anyways, so um, I, the, the, the reality is this, is that when we reach out to God and we pour out to God and we give to God, he can't help but reach back to us. You see, we draw near to him also by learning how to obey his guidance and direction that he gives us. Knowing his thoughts. Well, how do you know what he wants you to do? Well, you begin to understand his thoughts through a couple areas, through the Bible, understanding the Bible. You can read the Bible. The Bible tells us exactly the way God feels about certain things and what he, he wants us to do. And God speaks to us when we read his word, but also through prayer. You see, the presence of God is just not about great worship, but it's also connected to prayer. I believe that if you want to experience more of God's presence, we need to become more passionate and committed to prayer. We've got to say, God, we, you see, prayer is saying, is, is a recognition of God, I need you, I want you, I need you in my life, and, and I understand as I'm talking about this, the challenges that we face in our busy lives and our busy schedules, but if you want more of God's presence, you want to see God show up personally as well as corporately or in our church community, I believe God wants us to become more committed to prayer. Now, some of you might be saying, Pastor Todd, I, 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 I don't always, I struggle with prayer. I don't actually know really how to pray a lot. I, I'm not sure what to do or how to do it. I want, I've, I want to encourage you. I want to invite you. I want to encourage you that on, starting on September the 9th, we are going to re, be, re, we're going to be moving our prayer nights from Wednesday to Monday. I want to encourage you to come and join with us and you will learn how to pray. You will learn how to connect with God, with other people. You will get, we, we will learn to draw closer to him together. I know, it may, I know sometimes you may feel like, well, what is the point? I'm telling you, there's something great that happens when we 
connect together. And what's, what it is is that God reveals more of himself and more of his presence in our lives. Now, I got to say this. It's not just worship and prayer or not just Sundays or Monday things. They're everyday things. Uh, my daughter's sitting here. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I hope I don't embarrass you, Lindsay, but I got to just share. I, I love coming home, and I come home sometimes, and I've had a rough day at work, and I come in the house, and she doesn't know. She's got her headphones on, and she's just singing worship songs to Jesus. She's doing it at the top of her voice. She doesn't realize that I can hear. It's part of her life. It's who she is. And I know that it blesses me, but more than it blesses me, I believe it blesses God. I believe this, that we need to include worship and prayer as part of our daily routines. Maybe learn to worship God in our cars, our homes, on the train. Find your time and place to pray and make it part of your daily routine. You see, why are we doing this? My heart for you as people of God is to know God's voice and experience it every day. I believe that, I truly believe this, that God's design and his desire for each one of us is to hear his voice for ourselves in our own life, to hear him speak to us, that we don't have to wait for somebody else to give us a a prophetic word. We don't have to look for these things. Not that those things are bad. In fact, I believe that we need them as well, but that we will learn how to hear God's voice for ourselves. Maturity and growing in God is, allow, is, is getting to the place where you know his voice and, are, and you obey his voice. So I'm believing God with you that we're going to see more prayers answered. What's the second thing I want to talk about here today? Family value. I believe God's called us to be people who pursue excellence. I believe it is important for each one of us to give our best every day. We should look our best. You know, I talked about being family, being at home, not combing your hair, not wearing makeup, all that stuff. But I believe when we come together that, that our desire should be that we give our best in everything that we do. We should give our best in our jobs, in our schoolwork, in, around the house. We should put our best effort into whatever we are doing. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work with, at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. You see, we're not doing this to please people. We have, why do we give our best? We give our best because God has given us his best. You see, God, the creator of the universe, the things that he's made and the things that he's put together, the things that he's done and even in creation, God is about excellence. You, you just have to go out and look at the Rocky Mountains out your window to see that he is the creator of excellence and beauty and the best of everything. I believe this, that God not only gave Jesus to die, but he gave his one and only son. He gives his best whenever he does that. Now, many times I've, I've, I've been all over. You see, I got to say this. Excellent is not about, being excellent is not about how much you have, but using what you have been given. I've traveled many times overseas, and what has always amazed me is how generous people are. I remember one time I was in Asia, and I 
I, I, was, I, came to, I, I preached a message. We were having a gathering of families after the service. And I was offered the head of the fish. Now, initially, my, initially my thoughts were like, I guess they didn't like my preaching very well. But what I soon discovered that in their culture, that the head of the fish is considered the best part of the fish. That this is what we give to the, the person that we want to honor, the person that we've, we, we, we want to make them feel blessed and accepted, that this is the best part. And so that was their best. And they were giving it to me. I, I think some people know where this might have happened here too. You see, everything God does is with excellence. And I believe that God's called us to be people who walk and live in excellence. Why? It's because that's how we honor God. You know, I believe today we should be looking at our lives and looking at our, our, the way that we do things and asking ourselves, where are places that we can be more excellent this year? What are some areas that maybe you could put in a little more efforts, or how can you contribute, listen to this, even to the church being more excellent. How's that for a thought? Man, I want to make this place great to honor our God. Here's the third value that I feel like is important for us to have. Lots of laughter. Lots of laughter. Can I say this today? Serving God should be fun. I want to say it again. Serving God should be fun. I believe as followers of Jesus, we should be the most joyful people on the planet. Why? Well, think about this. We have been set free from sin. We have a purpose greater than ourselves for living. We have helped to deal with our challenges and life issues. And to top it off, we get to spend eternity with Jesus. You know, we have so many good things that are a part of our life. I love what the writer of Psalms chapter 126 says, and I'm going to read this to you out of the message version. And this is a writer that's talking about Israel when they had returned from their captivity. And he writes this, It seemed like a dream, too good to be true, when God returns Zion's exiles we laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us. We were one happy people. Who wants to be part of that group? That's the group that I want to be part of, that we're happy, that we're excited, that God is doing things in our life. Now, that does not mean that we don't go through challenges. That does not mean that sometimes things are not difficult. That does not mean that sometimes things hurt and we maybe need to cry. But I believe this, that there's a place that we can go to and that whatever we do, we should do it with joy. Because the Bible says that joy is what gives us the strength to make it through those difficult times. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You see, joy is an attitude, not a feeling, even though it impacts our feelings. We need to laugh at ourselves more. We, so many times we take ourselves, I believe this, way too seriously. The book of Proverbs says that a cheerful heart is like good medicine. That when we have cheerful 
heart, it's like good medicine, but here's the medicine. It's not only good for us, it's infectious and it spreads to the people around us. You know, sometimes it's our joy that can, can lift somebody else's spirit who is in that place of difficulty or despair. But I believe that when we serve God, we should do it with gladness and with joy, not because it's an obligation or a burden or this great difficulty, that coming to the house of God should be something that we look forward to each and every week because we get to be with people and we can laugh and we can sing and we can cry and we can dance and we can laugh some more. I want to laugh more. Let's fill our lives with joy. Let's fill the church with joy. The last value I want to talk about is that God wants us to participate with passion. Passionate participation. I talked about joy. I talked about this, but I want to take this just a little bit deeper, and this is where I'm going to finish off today. I believe that God wants us to walk together to do life together, to do church together with passion. The things that we do together make for the best memories. Isn't that true? That when you're together with your family, that you're together with friends, that you're together with people that you love and you care about, those are what make the greatest memories. Now, I I do want to share this, that I was one time on a mission trip to the Philippines. Love going there, beautiful people. And at the end of my ministry time, the pastor said, you know what? I want to bless you. We're going to put you up in a cabin that literally was 20 feet, 30 feet from the ocean. I mean, I could hear it, the waves christening. The weather, when we were there, it was absolutely perfect. It was like 25 degrees with the gentle breeze. I remember the food was was. Excellent. I, I went to the restaurant that was at this resort. The food was, was great. And then at night, to top it off, there was the most beautiful sunset I'd ever seen. The only problem was I was all by myself. I didn't have any, I, it was like I'd be like, man, this is, ugh. well, this is good. It was nice. It, 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 it was fun. It was, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't the same as being able to say, Jan, or look at this. Isn't this amazing? Isn't this wonderful? You see, I believe that we were created to share our lives together, to walk together, but not only to walk together, to, to work together, to do life together, to serve together. You see, the church is about sharing your life with other people. It's about doing life together together. And, but we, we need to understand it's about worshiping together on Sunday morning. It's praying for each other on Monday nights in small groups. It's helping at the harvest party and stampede breakfast and other outreach events. It's serving in kids' church and frontline or celebrate recovery. We have all these opportunities to do stuff together. And it's not just showing up, though. It's not just putting in our time, because that sounds like what we do at work a lot of times. It's about participating with passion. Now, who here knows that not every job that we get to do is always great? If you own a dog, nobody gets excited about shoveling the doo-doo. I don't care who you are. It's never like, you know what? I'm, I love that job. That's a beautiful job. You know, there are things that we, 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 we do when it comes to cleaning our houses or, 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 or doing things. And sometimes even the areas that we serve in aren't always fun. Now, I, 
But here's what I've realized in life. Isn't it true that life many times is what we make it to be? Now, I remember back when I was a youth pastor, I used to, we used to do in the fall, and I know uh, Michael did it for a few years, and they decided not to do it, which I completely understand. We used to make apple pies every time at this year. Our goal was to make a thousand apple pies every year. Now, to be honest, did I actually look forward to the work? No. It's not great work. It's not the most exciting work. But what I did look forward to was working with the families as we came together. I remember at times I'd be in that kitchen and I'd be like, all right, where do you need me to help? And it's like, we need more dough rolled. And so I'd go in there and there'd be people. There would be music playing. There would be people singing. There would be stories being shared. There would be people laughing. There would be people talking about, sharing things about their life that I never knew about. And I always remembered that I'd go home every time after serving, whether it was for three hours or eight hours or sometimes 10 hours, I'd go home and I'd feel like, you know what? I feel closer to the people that I'm with. Because there was something that was going on there as we were working together, as we were walking together, as we were serving together, where it was something that was done with joy and passion. And there was life that was being given. I want each one of you, in this next season of time, in this next year, to have moments like this yourself. So how am I saying? I'm asking you today. I'm going to have Margot come up here. I'm asking you today that you would look at what you're doing and you would dive into this year with a freshness and a newness. Let's put the past behind us. Let's say, God, use me again. Use me anew. Lord, help me connect with other people. I'm believing that God wants us to engage ourselves with more passion in everything that we do. That we're not going to wait for somebody else to motivate us, but we're going to motivate ourselves. Let's pull one another to, do, to go a bit deeper in our relationship with God and each other. Let's be those that are saying, come on, you can do this together. Let's expect God to come and join with us as we gather together. Let's dive into prayer this year. Let's push one another to be excellent. Let's laugh a lot. Laughing at the goodness of of our God, laughing at ourselves, laughing at just life because we're free to laugh.